So I've entitled my message this morning, Move It Forward From Where You Are. Moving forward from where you are. Where are you now? Well, I don't know. Where are you now? You're here. Some of you are here. Some of you are watching the stream. But your life at the moment is at a particular chapter in the story of your life. I don't know what everybody's story is. I know some of your stories. I know, you know, David, a bit about your story, how where you've come from. Again, from the land of New South Wales to the land of Victoria and the story of what brought you here. But right now at your point in life, all of you are at a particular moment. And, you know, there can be good and bad. But the truth about the gospel and the truth about the Christian message is God always has a plan to move us forward. Christianity is not a message of going backwards. Christianity is a message that leads us out of and into promises and abundant life. Sometimes it is a challenge because of what happens in life to be able to have the capacity to move forward out of wherever you are. But hallelujah, God always has a plan and has designed each of us to have the ability and the capacity to move forward. Look at your eyes. Your eyes are not in the back of your head. Your nose is in the front of your face. Your arms bend forward, not backwards. Your feet point that way. You are designed by God to be a person who moves forward, physically and spiritually. When I met Christ, my life began the journey out of and into the promises of God. Amen? It doesn't matter how crazy the life can get. God always has a plan to move us forward. So I kind of want to look at that this morning. I want to use a little bit out of the scriptures that um, we've looked at previously in regards to Abraham. Um, Ever tried to run backwards? Jesse, come here. Put your mask on because... I don't know. He's looking sharp today too. They get married soon. How good is that? We need to pray for Brooke. Of course, she's marrying Jesse. But so Jesse, I want you to come up. Turn around. Social distancing. Go that way. I want you to run backwards. Don't look. I just want you to run backwards. That's all I wanted. Did he look stupid or what? <laughs> no, he didn't. But I've got to tell you, did you notice when Jesse was like, run backwards? And he turns his head to look in order to run backwards. And then he did what he did, whatever that was. <laughs> you're not made to run backwards. He did well, actually. He did well. It's lucky you're quite athletic. See... <laughs> The God of the universe who designed the universe knows what he's doing. And he made us to live lives that move forward. True? Thank you for the illustration. So let's look at Abraham. Uh, We've looked at him a few times. So Abraham was about 65 to 70 years old when he lived in a land called Ur, in the land of the Chaldeans. And he has this kind of encounter with God to some degree where he begins a journey to this place called Canaan. 
Canaan is the land of promise or the promised land. That is, Canaan today is where the nation of Israel exists. It is uh, on uh, uh, the side of the Jordan and the Dead Sea that faces the Mediterranean. It's the strip of land, Jordan, Mediterranean, promised land. He leaves Ur to go to the promised land. On the way to the promised land, he's going with his dad and his nephew Lot. They get to a land called Haran. Haran means a place of difficulty and dryness. And he hangs out for five years in the land of Haran. That's my grandson's preaching. He's going to be a preacher. Um, And they stay in Haran for five years. For whatever reason, God said to Abram, when when um, uh, you've got to leave your father's household, you've got to leave uh, all your family and and the nation you were born in, And travel to this land called the promised land. But they hang out in this land for Haran, uh, called Haran. Um, Abram's dad dies, Abraham, Abram at that stage. His dad dies and then they carry on the journey. And they get to the promised land via Egypt. They go through Egypt. Abram makes a couple of stupid decisions. um, But eventually he makes it to the land of promise. And then we have the scripture that I'm going to read to you now, which is Genesis chapter 13, 14 through to 15. Abram arrives in the land of promise. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. And verse 15. From all the land, uh, for all the land which you see, I will give to you and you and your descendants. So Abram is told to use his eyes to look up, look from where he is. Note the words, look from where he is. Look forward, look east, west, north, south. Each of those places to look that way. He couldn't look in the back of his head. He had to spin around and look, and he was right in the center of where he needed to be. And then God says to him, whatever you can see, whatever your eyes can see, I'm going to give you. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. You know, God wants to give you stuff. God wants to bless your life. God wants to give you the promises of his word. But it does require a thing called looking up. He didn't say, Abram, look down, and whatever you see, I'm going to give you. Looking down would not have been much. Because of this God who created the heavens, the stars, and this infinite amazing thing, he wanted Abram to lift up his capacity to be able to see. And see, I want to talk to you today about a number of steps. I'm not sure how far I'm going to go about how you can move forward, but there is a pattern that we can learn from Abram whereby we can position ourselves and begin to really see what God has for us because he has stuff for you. Amen. Remember, you've been designed to move forward. Okay, and then we've looked at previously as well, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 11 through to 13 in the Message Bible. It is the wide open space of scripture. Um, it says, dear, dear Corinthians, I cannot tell you how much I long for you to enter the wide open spaces, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within. Your lives aren't small. 
but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can to you with great affection. Open your lives, live openly and expansively. See, Christianity is about living openly and expansively. The world wants to communicate or say that Christianity is some kind of narrow life experience that limits what you can do. But the truth of it is, is that your Christian faith is meant to be living in this expansiveness of the wonder of what God has done and the wonder of the blessing of a God who made these fantastic stars and that your life is meant to be this amazing thing. Life at the moment is trying to corner you and narrow you and cause you to be limited because of whatever is going on and whatever the government is saying. This is not an anti-government message, but this is a message about We need to understand it doesn't matter what's going on. We are meant to be moving forward. You are meant to be moving forward, whatever your challenge. So I want to look at a couple of points about what you need to do. To move forward from where you are. And we're going to base it out of that Genesis scripture. The first thing that we've looked at previously is the ability to look up. You've got to stop looking down because that's the opposite. Looking down is kind of like looking at all the problems around you. My heart goes to people who are trying to run businesses at the moment in this crazy climate. My heart goes to people who are trying to live life with faith whereby this thing is trying to shut us down and cause us to look at all the things we can't do and all the consequences of whatever these rules are trying to tell us to do. We are meant to be people who learn and had developed the pattern to look up. Abram had gone through a um, family conflict previous to the scripture giving to him. Lot and him had traveled together. God had actually told him, don't, you know, he had to leave his father's household and, and I believe he was living contrary to what God had told him and Lot's connection was trouble. And eventually there was a conflict with Lot whereby they had to part ways. Abram must have loved Lot because he took Lot with him from the promised land through to, uh, sorry, from earth through to the promised land. But there was a parting of ways. There was a family conflict. And I'm thinking maybe Abram was, had his head full of all the problems and what had happened. You know, ever had family conflict? Ever had people in your family? You know, um, Pecker and I had a good one the other day. But a family conflict, but a disagreement. And the challenge is when you're married and you have a little bit of conflict is to get your head out of the conflict into living into the future. Am I the only person? You know, and I think Abram had had this problem and this stuff and he was kind of forgetting that, he, hey, I'm in the promised land. What are you looking down for? He needed to be reminded that, you know what, stuff happens, trouble comes, family conflicts, whatever. But you've got to look up. I want to inspire you this morning to look up. Look up means look where? Look up to God. Look up to the creator. Look up to the one that has an answer for every challenge life can ever bring. 
Look up to the one who is supernatural and powerful and can do amazing things, but you've got to stop looking down. You've got to start looking up. Amen. That's what Christianity is all about. Looking up. You know, I'm aware of some of your challenges and some of them are big ones. But I tell you, your answers will come when you look up. Boy, has it been a challenge trying to lead church. Boy, has it been crazy for the last two years. You know, um, I remember reflecting back to when this thing first happened. We'd just gone to Africa. We didn't know nothing about COVID. We hit Dubai, me and Terry, and they're a mask wearing. And I think I got a message back from someone saying, watch out for COVID. And I think, what's COVID? Boy, do we know what COVID is now. We flew back and then it's just like crazy, crazy, crazy. You can't have church. You can't meet as a church. What do we do? We've gone through this journey of all the circumstances trying to lead church for two years of being pulled down, but then God's saying, look up. And learning to look up and negotiate through looking up to the one who has the answers. Amen. And that's what we're doing at the moment. Because we've got to make a call about vaccines or not vaccines. We've got to make a call about can we have unvaccinated and vaccinated together? Do we want to have a $109,000 fine as a church? Do we want to have you subject to being fined $5,000? What the heck? Wednesday, I'm telling you, man, I was over it. I'm thinking, I'm trying to have a blinking holiday. And then there's stuff, and I had pastors ringing me, you know, we're helping some people, and they're wanting answers. I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't even want to think about it, I'm on holiday. Yeah, thanks, Libby. Was that you going on? Nobody else gives us stuff. It really annoyed me, I've got to tell you. It so annoyed me, because I had to engage. And, um, uh, you know, Daniel, Mr. The Premier was not, I wasn't loving him. I wasn't feeling the love, you know, feeling something else. But the Bible says, pray for your enemies. I don't know, is he our enemy? He's trying to lead a nation, I suppose. Maybe he will, yeah. Let's not get political, Keith. Look up. See, what do we have to do? Same thing. We've got to look up. How are we going to get the church through this? We're going to look up. We're going to look up. Because he's smarter than me and smarter than Karen for sure. So step one, how do you move forward from where you are no matter what's going on in your world? Look up. Look up to God. You know, we looked at a couple of weeks ago, I really loved it, where it said about the capacity for the human eye. Normally the human eye can see from five to five kilometers or three miles ahead. Your eye has the capacity made by God 
to see for, th- uh, for three miles. It's quite amazing. Before the horizon limits what you can see. Note, note the horizon can limit what you can see. But when you look up, when you look up, it is, uh, infant, it is amazing how much your capacity to see multiplies. Because from going from three miles looking horizontal, we're actually looking down, you can only see, well, I'm quite short. Um, what's that? Who said that? Karen, you're shorter, mate. You're lucky if you can see a foot. But when you look up, you can see, you know, um, when you look horizontal, you can see three miles. But when you look up, you can see for 2.6 million light years. When you look up, you can see stars that exist 2.6 million light years away. In fact, the light has had to travel from those stars for 2.6 million light years before. And so they can probably not even exist now. But your eye, when you look up, can see way further. See, looking up is designed by God. You've got to look up. Ever said to anybody, what's wrong? You look down. Ever said that? You know, you look at somebody and think, Boyd, you look down. Because it's kind of like this thing where we realize when you're looking down, you're looking down. You know, looking down affects you to the point where everybody else can see you're looking down. Do you know that? You know, looking down, I can tell if you're looking down or not. Number one, because of what I can see, you know, that's how you judge, you can judge depression because of what happens. Looking down at your problems and being overwhelmed by them affects your countenance. But I can also tell by what you say, whether you're looking up or looking you down, or you're looking down, sorry. The scripture says this, Matthew 12, 34, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, uh, or is he talking to the government? Brood of vipers, no, sorry, verse 34, brood of vipers, he's talking to the Pharisees. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what that's trying to say is Jesus knew that the Pharisees had evil inside because of what was coming out of their mouth. And you can tell what someone is looking at or what their focus is in their lives by what they talk about. Um, You know, true? You know, what are you talking about? What's your mouth saying at the moment? Is your mouth just echoing all the trouble around you? Because that means you're looking down. It's not wrong to talk about your problems. Don't get me wrong. Because, you know, that's how you can negotiate them. But if your mouth is just constantly speaking negative, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the wrong place. Because I know when I start to look up, my language changes because I get hope and I get a sense of where I'm going with life. And I begin to speak about where I'm going to. You know? Amen. Just, that's a good way to tell if you're looking in the wrong place by what you're saying. When you look up, you start speaking God's stuff. Okay, so point one, look up. 
point two. I love this when it says this. Abram, look up. And then he says, look from the place where you are. Super interesting. Look from the place where you are. See, where you are doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if life is troubled and hard. You can look from where you are in the place of trouble, but when you start looking up, you start looking forward. Do you understand? God understands where you are, but you've got to understand where you are. You've got to understand maybe you need to be moving along from where you are because you've been stuck for a while. Maybe you've been stuck where you are because of what you're doing. Maybe you're stuck where you are because what you're looking at at the moment. I wasn't sure how I was going to preach today because I was looking down. Look up. You can look from where you are. I love the scripture. It says this. You know, your problems are what they are. Do you know, some things you can't change. I can't change what the government says. I can't change that COVID has hit the planet. But I can change what I do as a result of it. I can change what I choose to look at and what I choose to believe. Looking from where you are. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Hey man, this is common. But God, oh no, my life is worse than anybody else's. You know, I get overhearing people telling me that their trouble is worse than anybody else's. And I'm not trying to demean your problem, but it's like, dude, everybody has trouble. We just go through different seasons of trouble. And I'm not demeaning what your problem is, but what I'm trying to say is stop making your problem bigger than what God is. Sheiks, am I being nice today? Woe is me. Woe is me. Friend, if you're going woe is me, you're looking down. And you're not looking to move forward. You're looking to stay where you are. Looking from where you are is realizing where you are, but realizing you can move forward out of it. Do you understand? See, Christianity is the one that helps you get out of where you are and get moving along on the wonder of life. Oh, I haven't finished reading the scripture. No temptation is overtaken except such as common to man. Everybody has trouble. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? This is just too big for me. No, no. God says, it ain't too big for you as long as you have him. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, that's what I was saying. doesn't matter where you are now. It matters only if you keep wanting to stay where you are. But when you start to look from where you are, you're starting to have the mindset 
change where I ain't staying here. I ain't staying here, man. Because I'm looking up and I'm seeing a promise of God that will take me out of where I am and take me where to, where, to where he wants me to be. Hallelujah. Abundant life is actually the truth. Where you are is not your destination. It's where you're traveling through at the moment. Step one, look up. Step two, look from where you are. Own your mistakes. But start looking forward. Because that's what you're designed to do. Number three. <clears throat> Number three. Listen for God's voice. See, when you are looking from where you are, I'm going somewhere, you're looking up, you are in a position to hear him speak. Abram, when he was looking up, was hearing the voice of God. Does God speak to you? Does he speak to you? You sure? What's he saying? Huh? See, God speaks. But it's so funny that often when we're looking down or when we're in trouble, it shuts us out from hearing him. But when you look up and you start realizing, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get out of this, I'm moving forward, he will speak to you and give you the way out of where you are. Because he promises. And that's what he was saying to Abram. Abram, dude, Look up, what can you see? I'm going to give it to you. That's the voice of God. See, God's saying to you right now, I guarantee it. Where you are, look up, and I want to get you to here. He's got somewhere for you to go with your life. He's got a destination that he wants you to see right now. If you're running a business, if you're running church, if you're living life, if your marriage is in a mess or whatever, he's going to say to you, I can get you from here to there. But can you see it? Can you see it? But you've got to hear him tell you that. Do you read your Bible? Interesting. I've noticed one of my things about me reading the Bible is I can read scripture sometimes and it's like, I've forgotten what I just read. Ever done that? Have you ever read the Bible? Because that's how God speaks. Because supposedly Jesus was the Word and the Word became flesh. And the Bible is the inspired Word of God. So the Bible, according to what we believe, because, you know, we believe we're Christians that the Bible is inspired and, uh, by the Holy Spirit. So when you read the Bible, it's the voice of God speaking to you. So how come I can read it sometimes and then have forgotten what the heck I've read? Looking down, looking at your problems. You know, reading the Bible is not how much you read. Can I just tell you that? It's good to read it through and I have no issue with people reading lots of it, but there's no point in reading it if you don't 
can't, or if you can't remember what the heck you just read. True? And you know, that's the funniest thing that I've noticed going through this, Terry. I mean, I've had a crazy personal life for the last two years. I've had bizarre, mental, unexplainable crap. And you know, man, I've been looking down a few times. But I know that as I've looked up, and when I look up, and I hear his voice, he's always spoken. For church, when we have been in these positions, I know he will give us the plan out of this. You may not agree with it. You may think whatever you want to think. (laughs) Vaccine, no vaccine. But I know and have faith that when the five of us or whatever, however many there are of us that meet, he he will tell us what to do. Because he speaks, because he promises, and I believe it. You know, at the moment down in Melbourne, I'm gonna—I don't know. I'm, you know, you know. There, I, my heart goes to guys trying to pass the churches in Melbourne. Melbourne, the most locked down city in the world. Victoria, the most locked down state in the world. We are top of the heap. <laughs> Woohoo, man! We are. You think about it. Victoria, therefore, in the Western world, has suffered the most economic challenge as a result of being locked down. Victoria, there's my grandson. He's a green. We are the most locked down state. And, and you know what? I know the challenges for us on the border. But my heart goes to these guys trying to pass the churches down in Melbourne. Because, man... They have been hit hard. They've lost people. People have stopped going to church the last lockdown previous to this one. 35% of people stopped going to church. This one's been worse. So what's going to happen when they open up next week? Some of them are struggling to pay their bills. You know? Anyway, what did I say there? I don't know. Pray for them. But you know, the goodness of God is that he has helped us as a church because we've heard his voice. We have grown through this. Our influence has grown. It hit us hard financially at the beginning, but God has blessed us. We have given so much money to feed people in Africa. Because we listen to the voice that gives the answers. Stay tuned to find out what the answer will be. If you have an issue with it, blame Terry and Karen because they're the most vocal in the leaders' meetings, all right? <laughs> oh, and Libby, don't you get away with it. And Libby. I'm going to finish with this. Are you guys getting anything out of this? Look up. Look from where you are because you can get out of where you are and move forward. We will move forward as a church. We will move forward. We will grow. Our influence will grow. We will reach more souls for the kingdom of heaven. Because we look up. When you read your Bible, I'm going to give you some tips. Try not to be in a hurry. I'm going to give you some tips. Psalm 1 says this. Um, 
Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it does he meditate both day and night. I believe when you read your Bible, you should be in the spirit of a thing called meditation. If you want to be able to remember what you read, you need to understand when you're reading the word, you need to do a thing or a practice called meditation, not uh, not that. Meditation as in processing, thinking, um, chewing over the word as you read it. So I've put, I've put some points down here I'm going to give you. <clears throat> Step one, when you read your Bible, because remember the Bible will give you the path out of where you are. God will speak to you through the word of God because he does, because it is inspired. So number one, when you read your Bible, do not be in a hurry. Because if you're in a hurry, you're just going to get through it because you have to get through it. When you read the Bible, and you do not need to read 10 chapters, even if you read one verse, but don't do it in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Number two, ever heard of the Holy Spirit? It says he will teach us. Number two, Holy Spirit, teach me something through what I'm reading today. Because we believe he speaks. Because we believe the word of God is inspired. So number one, don't be in a hurry. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to show you something. Right? Number three, when you read it, and you've prayed, and you're reading through a scripture, and you feel like, whoa, there's something there. This is what I do. For me, when I read it, I'll read it, and I'll go, stop. Hold on. What the heck is that saying? I'll stop, and I will just stay somewhere, because I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, read that again. You didn't get it. Focus on it. Meditate on it. Mull it over. What is it saying? Who is he saying it to? And you allow your brain to take inside and tip it and turn it and roll it around. And I'm telling you, you will be amazed. You're already probably doing a lot of you anyway. Because he starts to speak and he starts to teach. And he gives us the answers. And then finally, how do I apply this in my life? One don't be in a hurry. Two, <clears throat> have a drink of water. <clears throat> Two, pray. Holy Spirit, show me. Three, um, stop where you feel in speaking and take some time to meditate on it. Meditate on it all week. You know, one of the reasons why I wasn't sure where I was going to preach today, how I was going to do, you can rate me afterwards, it's all good, um, is because I hadn't had the time that I usually have. And my brain has been trying to work around all the problems. And I was like, do this, speak that. And last night, <clears throat> I, was saying, I was saying to God, God, I don't know, I'd written all this stuff on Friday. And I said, God, all this stuff is just stuff if it's not what these people need to hear. 
Give me what the people need to hear. I believe you've got to stop looking down. I believe it. I believe he's telling you that. He's telling me. Look up. Realize we're on a journey through this. You're getting through this. Even if it's good, he wants to make it better. Number three, start listening more to him. And God will give you answers. The thing I'm going to finish with, and <laughs> when I said, is when you meditate, it activates imagination. When you read the word and you meditate, it activates a thing called imagination. It's another one of my grandsons causing trouble. I want to talk in the future about imagination and the amazing thing of the capacity to imagine. That when you are here and you're trapped here and that God is saying look up and you look up and he starts to speak and you meditate on what he's saying, your imagination will activate and your mind can then see what your future will look like. No worries, I'm going to finish. (laughs) Because I don't know, even if you're, you know, those who are watching the stream, can I tell you, doesn't matter where you are, you don't have to stay there. And God has a plan. Someone calm those down, will you? For a minute. It's too distracting. <clears throat> We're going to pray. Father, the God who created a billion, billion stars. The God who said to Abram, Abram, take a look at the stars. See how many they are? Your descendants are going to be like that. And Father, I know that you, Holy Spirit, through your Holy Spirit, are wanting people to look up and see, hear and see, amazing things about their future. And God, you want them to start seeing the family members who aren't saved being born again. The marriages that are struggling living the way God designed them to be because the mind is beginning to see it. Holy Spirit, breathe life on this message. Stir hearts. Let faith arise to lift people to where you want them to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And, you know, take some time. Listen to him. He's awesome. Amen. Have a great day.